You are listening to the weekly podcast presented by the Lighthouse Midlothian. For more information, please visit us at www.dfwlighthouse.org. Thank you and God bless. series I've been on from Matthew 16, because Scott will be here next week, and then we have something else going the week after that. But we're going to tie up this uh, section from Matthew 16, and it started with Jesus saying, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And uh, we believe God needs to build the church. So uh, the church is us, the church is you and I. And God is building us. We're to come together to encourage and build one another up. Because we need that. We get torn down by a lot of stuff. So we need to be built up. So we've been talking about also the keys of the kingdom. Jesus said to Peter, I give you the keys of the kingdom. My keys are down there. Uh, Not yet. Maybe later. So we've been talking about different keys that help to give us access to the kingdom of God. Keys give us access, and they're a sign of authority. And God trusts us with the keys. So the key we're going to talk about today is ultimate surrender. And I would remind you that it's your choice. You have a choice. As with anything in our walk of faith, God gives us a choice. He honors our will. Okay, so we're going to get into that. So the verse we're going to read today is Matthew 16, 24. I'll have it up on the screen. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, in the Greek it's if anyone wants to come after me, you must turn from your selfish ways. King James says, deny yourself. Turn from your selfish ways. Take up your cross. Now, Jesus has just told his followers that he's going to go to the cross. He's going to be crucified. And Peter has rebuked him. Rebuke means to strongly declare that he is wrong. Okay, and I'm sure none of us are guilty of telling God he was wrong now and then, right? So I can identify with Peter a lot, saying the wrong thing at the wrong time pretty consistently. And so Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. You're thinking in human terms. You need to think of things in God's way. Some things make sense to our human minds that are different from God's ways. All right? Take up your cross and follow me. You want to follow me? I'm going to the cross. That's what he's saying. You will follow me to my destiny, and my destiny is to give my life for you. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. 
But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? Pretty serious word. Pretty heavy. Sobering. Come to Jesus. We preach all the benefits, don't we? Which is good. There's lots of benefits to serving the Lord. Tons. And it's free. It'll cost you absolutely everything. So I have some thoughts today. This isn't really lined out in, in neat points. I like to do that sometimes, have neat little points. But today we just have some thoughts because there's a lot here to think about. And I want us to ponder this word. I want it to soak in. So Jesus, we believe, part of our statement of faith is that Jesus died. He was murdered, crucified, nailed to a cross. The cross is normally up here. It's down here today. He was nailed to a cross, left to die. He was put in a tomb. But three days later, God rolled away the stone. He came out of the tomb. He preached. He went to heaven. Statement of faith. You can read it on the back of our brochure or on our website. Or you can read it in the Bible. It's there, too. All right. So we believe in the resurrection. We're going to celebrate Easter early this year on the 1st of April. April 1, Easter Sunday. That's the day we celebrate. I always say every year, every day is Easter Sunday. We should celebrate that our God is alive every single day because we have life. I could just keep going with that. But if there's going to be a resurrection, what has to happen first? Something has died in order for it to be resurrected. Something has died. We must deny ourselves. We have to die to our own human desires sometimes our own dreams, our own way of thinking, our own way of processing, our own logic sometimes. We have to give that up and accept the truth that we have a new life. We're resurrected with Jesus, so something has to die. Baptism is a picture of that. Our old life is buried under the water, and we come up signifying that we're resurrected. Now, Christy just let me know she would like to be baptized to celebrate her new, her new life in Jesus, and I'm excited about that. So we'll be planning a baptism sometime in the next few weeks. If you've never been baptized in water as a believer, I invite you. Uh, we'll open up the stage and fill this with nice warm water. We won't make you suffer for Jesus, all right? 
I don't hold you down too long, but I make sure the job is done, okay? <laughs> you will get completely wet, head to toe. And we will celebrate as your family. It's a very precious time. But something has to die for that to happen. Christianity is all or nothing. You can't just add it to your list of things you believe in. Either you're sold out for God, it's ultimate surrender. Or I don't know how that works. In the battle of wills, and there's a battle of wills on this planet, only one will ultimately wins. And you can let God do it now, or he's going to do it eventually. So we get to give up our will, not my will, but yours. That's how Jesus prayed, and that's how we're to pray. But I have some good news about this kind of death. What you died to was already dying. Yourself. Saying no to self, your own selfishness, in order to say yes to God, this is really good news. This is worth getting excited about. It is the greatest win-win in the world. Saying yes to heaven, yes to eternity, yes to joy, yes to peace. It's amazing. It's, it, it's a happy place. So say yes to God. It means saying no sometimes to stuff. But you're just saying no to stuff that's unhealthy. You know, in Celebrate Recovery, we talk a lot about denial, bad denial, denying our hurts, habits, and hang-ups. But denying yourself is the only denial that's absolutely good for you. That's a good kind of denial. Our natural tendency, our nature, is to preserve and protect ourselves. We, we have what they call coping mechanisms, things that we do as a child to protect ourselves. But in God's kingdom, once we come to him, since he is, we've been singing about it all morning, he is a good father. He knows what's best for you and I. Just like as good parents, we should know what's best for our children. It's best that they eat the right kinds of food. It's best that they sleep at night. It's best that they get an education. Now, as a child, I didn't want any of those things. I didn't understand why adults were so mean. But now I do. I am one. Now, I still don't like eating all the right things. Broccoli or chocolate ice cream? Who's going to win? <laughs> Throw a bunch of cheese on the broccoli, the broccoli wins, okay? Cheese sauce. There's maybe a few green flecks in there. 
broccoli casserole, rice, cheese, butter, cream, oh, broccoli. <laughs> yeah, they call it casserole. Cotton patch? No, not good. Now, I like to sleep, but if I could just stay up all night and get stuff done, that'd be fine. But I have this thing called work. I have to wake up for that. And people appreciate it when I'm awake, when I'm at work. Sunday's the only day I get the luxury of a nap. Do not call me or text between 2 and 4. Actually, my ringer will be off. Text away. I'll get back with you sometime. Our natural tendency is to preserve and protect ourselves. You see, some of us as children, and I don't know all your stories, thankfully, when we didn't get our way, we threw fits. We screamed, we hollered, we kicked, we fought to get our own way. But if our parents were good, they didn't let us get away with that. And I've thrown a few fits before the Lord. And God will let you scream, kick, claw. He'll let you swear if it's only to him. Do not quote me on this and cut this out of the podcast. Okay. <laughs> I'm just thinking of an adult version of a fit. And some of you have been there and don't look all holier than thou. We try to protect ourselves. But what's best is that we lay our lives down for the sake of God's kingdom. That's actually our calling, is to lay ourselves down. Romans 6.12. And for those of you who are visiting, I usually preach on really happy things. So this is a happy thing, actually. We'll, we'll get there in the end. Romans 6.12. Do not let sin control the way you live. You mean I could have control over that? Well, read on. Do not give in to sinful desires. And we all have them. You're not immune to temptation. And temptation wouldn't be temptation if we didn't want to go after it. See, the enemy knows our hot buttons. He knows which things to dangle in front of us. Instead, and there, thank God there's an instead. Give yourselves completely to God. Ultimate surrender. For you were dead. You died. But now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. We went into this last week. If you haven't heard that, you can hear it on the podcast. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Good news. All right. Now, sometimes... 
It's a struggle, and that's why we have brothers and sisters. That's why we have Celebrate Recovery. It's a place, a safe place where you can share your struggles and get someone to help you through it. Sometimes it takes a phone call. Problem is the enemy keeps us isolated and we think no one would understand my issue, no one would understand my struggle, no one would understand my temptation, so I'm just going to keep it quiet and suffer in silence. That's not God's plan. His plan is that we love each other and that we are safe for one another. People don't share in church because people might be sharing a prayer request the next Tuesday. That's one reason we meet on Monday nights. So we pledge ourselves to honor the other person, to do unto that other person what we would want done for us. I don't want you talking about my stuff. I'm not going to talk about your stuff. You live under the freedom of God's grace. Freedom. Denying ourselves ultimately brings freedom. Now, I read something interesting this week. The amount of freedom we are given is proportional to the amount of responsibility we're able to take for our lives. You've heard, with great power comes great responsibility. I believe that was from the first Spider-Man movie. Excellent life lessons. But today I'm going to alter that to say with great freedom comes great responsibility. Freedom only works in America if we use our freedom for good, not to harm others. It's proportional to the amount of responsibility we're able to take for our lives, for others, and for the kingdom, guided by love. Dr. Henry Cloud, who wrote Boundaries, along with Dr. Townsend, and who's written many amazing things, he says freedom equals responsibility, which equals love. So use your freedom for something good. That's what he's saying. We're free, but that freedom is to be used for God's glory and for his kingdom, and it's going to be for the ultimate benefit of all. So, some more thoughts. God says, I'm giving you the keys. These are the keys of the kingdom. Peter, on behalf of the church, and again, this is what I believe. I believe we were all given the keys, not just Peter and a succession of hierarchy. Okay, so here's the keys. They're already yours anyway, but <laughs> symbolically. All right, I'm going to give you the keys. Picture giving the keys to someone. You're letting them borrow your car. I'm going to let Tony borrow my car for the sake of this illustration. All right. But... I need you to use the keys wisely. They're not merely for your personal use. 
don't be driving to Vegas in my car. Tony wouldn't go to Vegas. Yeah, except to visit Lauren's parents who <laughs> live in Vegas. All right. I just was trying to come up with an illustration, <laughs> which failed miserably, but it's okay. Okay, I don't want him out joyriding at two in the morning. I don't want him driving irresponsibly. I want him to take care of my car, okay? I'm giving you freedom to take my car. All right. <laughs> but I need you to be responsible. And it's not just for your own personal use, okay? All right, because um, Sherry Bruce needs a ride and her car broke down. So work that out between you. All right. Um, freedom, power. It's not all about you, Tony. I want you to use my car to help other people. Okay? You got it? Okay, stay with me. This is kind of what separates us from, I would say, the men from the boys, but that's sexist, okay? The, the people from the not-so-grown-up people, all right? This is what separates us here. The mature from the immature, okay? It's not all about the self-help gospel. Although I believe in the self-help gospel, we all need help. We need help. And when we come to Jesus, he helps us. He's going to help us with our issues if we're open. Our anger issues. Our Little dark cloud issues when you walk into the room and everyone's like, mm -hmm. not talking to her today, not talking to him today. He helps us with our insecurity. He helps us value ourselves. These are good things, okay? But that's not what it's all about. Or, let me get really controversial here. It's not all about the prosperity gospel. What you can get from God. Given it shall be given unto you. God's big pyramid plan. Yeah, you're going to prosper if you live according to God's word. But the reason God wants to fix you, and only God can fix you. I gave up about 10 years ago, okay? I gave up. I tried, didn't work, all right? Uh, God wants you fixed so you can help other people, right? God wants to make you prosperous and wants to bless you. Why? So you can be a blessing. So it's not you we're praying for every week. 
for that job, for that car, for that. Those are good things, but God wants to bring you to that place that you're able to bless others. So what I'm trying to say here is, even though it is all about you, it's really not all about you. That's why you got to deny yourself. You're going to get all those things. But we're not seeking after the... Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, all these things the world clamors after. You know? If you want fame, if you want to live forever, if you want everyone to remember your name... Some of you weren't alive in that decade. It's okay. God could maybe release it when it didn't mean so much to you. Because if you got that thing when you weren't ready, talk to a lot of people. It destroys you. The things we so seek after, wealth, fame, popularity, if we get them and we don't have the inner strength to maintain that, it will destroy us. And the thing we don't want to deny will end up being our death. So God calls us to lay it down. And then if he so chooses to add those things to your life because he knows what's best, he can do that. There's nothing wrong with any of those people. There's lots of famous people that are absolutely wonderful, and they can handle it. There are people that are wealthy that are wonderful. It's, it, that's not the issue. The issue is right in here and how attached I am to those things. That's what I have to lay down. And it's not for us. It's for everyone else. So it's okay to duplicate the keys. It's okay to give others those keys that heaven gives us. It's not just for us. I give you the keys to the kingdom so you can feel special, powerful, and you can lord it over all the others who are less fortunate than you. That's not God. He gives it to us so that we will humbly be able to access heaven in order to bring about his will on earth. We all have dreams. Amen? Dreams? If you have a dream that you want to see accomplished, persevere. Give it to God. Die to it yourself. God calls us to die to our own dreams. And if it's his dream, he will resurrect it, and he will make it happen, 
and it'll be bigger and better than anything you could ever dream on your own. I believe no dream is accomplished without huge sacrifice. Look at Joseph. He literally had a dream that got him sold into slavery, that got him hated, that got him thrown into prison. But ultimately, God came through and fulfilled that dream much bigger than he could ever imagine. Moses had a dream of setting his people free. He tried to do it in his own strength, failed miserably. When it was God's time, in God's season, in God's way, he accomplished the dream. David had a dream. He was anointed as king as a young boy. He held on to that dream, was hunted by the king for seven years. When it was God's timing, in God's way, the dream came true. Jesus had a dream. It was to bring us all back to the Father. But the dream involved going to a cross. Paul had a dream of bringing the non-Jewish people into the kingdom of God, and most of us here are non-Jewish. What did he give up? Absolutely everything. But he wrote most of the New Testament from prison, accomplishing that dream. The dream may look a little bit different than you imagined it, but God will fulfill it if God gave you the dream. Don't give up if you have a dream. And you and I have dreams. Don't get discouraged. Give it to God. Die to it if you need to. Surrender it. If it's God, he'll resurrect it. It'll be better than you ever imagined. God is good. We've had dreams here at this church. We dreamed of remodeling this room, tore it apart. Every day in the hot, hot, hot summer, we came in and worked from dawn till dusk. I'm not exaggerating. I wanted to give up. I wanted to get in the car. I wanted to drive away and never come back. <laughs> Honey, I'm in L.A. Come and join me. I'm always driving west in those fantasies. I don't know. Across the desert. With the windows down. Don't give up. We had a dream of having a little coffee house. Let's serve coffee and invite youth to concerts. Well, I didn't like the youth that came. They were unruly. They were loud. They didn't want to talk about Jesus. The music they liked made my head hurt. They screamed, they growled. I prayed for deliverance. It still went on. But, you know, some of those kids are grown up now and victorious here at this church because we had a dream of opening up a little coffee place. Linda Olson came here with her teenage sons and growled, <laughs> but are now delivered. <laughs> and then we thought, 
let's buy a pawn shop and fix it up. It'll take about three months. <laughs> Two years later, I'm ready to give up on that dream. Once again, I have a vision of getting in my car, driving west with the windows down, stopping at daybreak in El Paso at Whataburger for breakfast, and then I keep going. You've all had that vision too, I know. And then we saw a little video by a pastor in Washington, D.C., sitting in front of a coffee bar, talking about how his dream became a reality. The pastor's name is Mark Batterson. The coffee place is near the Capitol, and it's called Ebenezer's. And it gave me the strength and courage to keep going, and I thought if he could accomplish his vision, God, you're in this vision, I can hang on too. And every time I came over that bridge, I pictured a coffee house filled with people. Joy, sharing, love, community, dreams being born and birthed. We've had churches birthed from that coffee house. We've had people find the Lord in that coffee house. We've had people find the church in that coffee house. We've had people prayed for for healing in that coffee house. And Debbie has offered drive-through prayer even at the window at that coffee house. And we didn't give up, even though some mornings nobody showed up but the manager. Some nights I made a lot of coffee. But you know what? You hang on to that dream. I'm just so excited. We got a little award from the Chamber of Commerce on Wednesday. Nonprofit of the Year. And there was the mayor, the president of the chamber, the head of economic development, members of the city council, judges in the county, all applauding the work many of you helped to accomplish, because it just wasn't my dream. This was our dream. This was all of us. And I don't know what God has next. I sense there are a lot of dreams that have not yet been fulfilled. How are they fulfilled? Same three points I had last week and the week before and the week before. Know the word of God. Know what it says. Know what you can stand on. Know the spirit of God. He'll use his written word as a springboard for his spoken word. And he will speak to you and guide you and direct you and help you. He will navigate for you. And then number three, know that as a believer, you are in partnership with heaven. That's why we're here. Not to fulfill our own dreams, but to see heaven's dreams fulfilled through us.
And if we don't give up, it'll happen. So what's the key? Ultimate surrender. It's your choice. Jesus said, if anyone wants to be my follower, deny yourself, turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross, and follow me. We happen to have a cross here today. And I didn't rehearse this. Yeah, guess what? It's a little heavy. <laughs> we carried it through town once. There's a little wheel that fits on the bottom. But I didn't want to carry it with a wheel. I wanted to give you a visual. Because this is all of us. If we're followers of Jesus, you know, we're carrying a cross. And what is the cross? What is the cross? You know what the cross is? You know what the cross was for Jesus? The cross was his mission. The cross was his reason to be alive. The cross was what he lived for. It's what he died for. And the cross was each one of us because he gave his life. Those of us who are reading through the Bible, we're in Leviticus now, my new favorite book. Someone needed to clean that cross. All right. <laughs> Hasn't been down in about 10 years. When I read Leviticus, what I see now is that in order for things to be right between man and God, there had to be a sacrifice. There had to be a sacrifice. There were guilt offerings where God said, I'm going to wipe away your guilt. And then there were peace offerings for there to be peace between man and God. Jesus became the ultimate sacrifice so that our guilt could be wiped away, and so that we could have peace with God. And he went instead of us to accomplish God's dream of bringing all of us to him. And it says that he endured because of what? Because the joy that was set before him. So we can say, ah, oh, I have a cross to bear. Ah. Oh, Look at me. I'm bearing this thing. I'm going to the street church. It's a cross to bear. Someone's got to do it. Someone's got to cook for those people. <laughs> but what about the joy? When we get to pray for people, see them get healed, and see the joy on their face. We support missionaries. 
Bobby goes to Nepal where we said, we asked him the other day, what's your favorite food in Nepal? Well, I don't really have one, any there. Because they ate the same thing all the time. Morning, noon, and night. Right, Bobby? Nothing like being an illustration as soon as you leave the room. But <laughs> he endures stuff. But I never hear about the sacrifice. I only hear about the joy of serving people and seeing people come to life and seeing the gospel come alive in people's hearts. It's my cross to bear, serving the children. It's my week. I have to wear that hideous blue T-shirt. I think it's pretty. Peter, wave. He's wearing one. Guess what? What joy, what greater joy than seeing children receive the truth of who Jesus is? So, folks, yeah, it gets heavy sometimes. Yeah, it's painful sometimes. Yeah, it's not real pretty. But there's joy. There's joy. And when we lay down our own stuff and pick up his... Guess what? He picks us up. He carries our burdens. He's with us. He carries it with us. We're not carrying this thing alone. And the other great truth that I'm closing on today is we get to carry our crosses together. Together. We're not alone. We're not alone. When Jesus tripped, Simon of Cyrene helped him, even took that cross. We get to help each other through this walk. That's why we come together. That's why we don't need to isolate. So be encouraged today. Yes! God has a cross with your name on it. It's the greatest privilege on earth to follow in his steps. Let's stand up. Worship team, prayer team, all teams come forward. <laughs> Let's just close this morning in worship. It's, it's 12. We're not going to take too much time, but if you need prayer for whatever reason or going through something and just need someone to stand with you, it's okay. Come on up. Uh, Let's just hear in these, in these closing moments what God's speaking to us today. And if there's something you need help laying down, just know that the Spirit of God is here, and he gives us the power. Again, his strength is made all the more powerful and perfect and mature even when we're weak, even in our weakness. So, God, I just thank you that you're here today. I thank you, Lord, for the privilege of serving you, of walking with you, of following you. And God, give us a reality of what that looks like for each one of us. And Lord, we just thank you that you're with us today and you're carrying us in your arms. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's just worship, contemplate what he's saying right now.